It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it, because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. We'll punch you in the nose for 60 minutes with a relentless competitive attitude. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Have some fun. Welcome to the newest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. It's all presented by the New York Lottery. I am John Schmelk, joined by Jeff Fiegels. The phone number for you is 973-667-1960. Thank you so much for being with us, everybody. Of course, Big Blue Kickoff Live is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. You can find the archive of all of our shows on Giants.com, the Giants mobile app, and at Giants.com slash podcast. Mr. Fiegels, uh, ha- happy 2021 to you. Yeah. The Giants closed their season on a high note, at least as of 4 o'clock. They defeat <laughs> the Dallas Cowboys 23-19, to unfortunately, yeah. and we'll get to the later game in a second. But we should get the big picture out of the way first. Uh, the Washington football team holds on to beat the Philadelphia Eagles, as much as the Eagles were trying to win that game. And the Giants do not make the postseason at 6-10. and 10. And, Jeff, we'll get into a lot of different things over the course of this first 15 minutes. I know we got a lot of callers I want to get in. We a lot of have, stuff. We already a lot have, of stuff. Yes, a lot of stuff to talk about. We already have one caller on the line. So, remember, we only have one line. So, if you're calling in and it's busy, keep trying. We'll get to you. We're really going to try to rapid fire the calls today, folks. So, you get one point. We'll move on. We have nine months of offseason now to get all your points and your calls in. So, today we're going to be quick oh about it. So just keep that in mind. So, Jeff, yeah. I want to start here, and I'm going to get a backup on the podium in the soapbox that Lance and I have been on for the past month and a half, and I think you know where I'm going with this. And I'm probably driving Giant fans nuts, and they probably don't want to hear this this morning, but I think this is what they have to hear because it's important before we get into that game specifically. The Giants are not in the playoffs because they finished 6-10. and 10. Mm-hmm. The Giants are not in the playoffs because Nate Sudfeld played in the fourth quarter on Sunday Night Football. Mm-hmm. If you go 6-10, and 10, you do not deserve to win a division. Mm-hmm. Take care of your own business. The minute you start relying on other people to do your dirty work for you, this is the type of stuff that's going to happen. And you can go back and pinpoint any game you want during the year. I think the easy one, Jeff, is to pinpoint that Eagles game with the you know drop at the end of the game when they blew that 10-point lead in the fourth quarter with six minutes to play. But pinpoint whatever game you want. Whatever loss, pick it out. The reason the Giants are not in the playoffs today is because they finished 6-10 and 10 and they have no one to blame but themselves, period, stop. Correct. Yep. You don't want to back into the playoffs. You never do. And I said it on the postgame show yesterday with Lance and I were talking about this. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, that you, as a player, I want, I want each and one of those guys in that locker room. I played a long time. You know that, John. I've been in a lot of these situations before. You want the feeling to resonate. You want, to, you want to have that feeling, yeah, you won the game, which is the greatest thing you can achieve in sports when you go to win a football game like, and, it's, and it means something. It meant that you finished the season on a high note. That's all it meant. You want to have that feeling, John, that you don't want to have to wait and worry about other people's business. You take care of your own business, and then you'll be in the playoffs. If you so happen to get in a tiebreaker situation where you're kind of, you know, that's just the way it is, that's fine. But a 6-10 and ten team doesn't make the playoffs. Ever. Ever. I, I don't think they've ever okay. made the playoffs. So understand that. And, yes, we're in a crazy or we were in a crazy 2020 season in a world of, of COVID. And the, and the fact of the matter is that it's amazing to me that every one of the regular season football games were played this year. 
amazing job to all the players, coaches, staff, NFL, everyone, yourself included, that this actually went on to it. But don't stop for a second to think that you as a player should know it's your it's up to you to make the playoffs. You gotta play better. Okay? And I'm sure that Joe Judge is, is his message to the team is the same. John. Oh, absolutely. You know, so he's not throwing you no know, flying butterflies over there and you know, hey guys, it's all great and this and that. BS. We are six and ten. We didn't take care of our business when we should have. Hence the Gi- Giants versus Eagles, Giants versus Dallas this week, this year. Those two games, if you want to pinpoint them. But, but the fact is, John, and I'll be quiet after this. Lance and I were discussing this last night on the air. All those other teams in the NFC East can go back and look at games they should have won also. Jeff, you so, took the words right up. I wrote that exact same thing <laughs> in cover three. This is not that the Giants that have a couple of close games right. you can look back at. Every single team, including the Eagles and the Cowboys, can look back and say the same exact thing. That's that's correct. And so but the bottom line is back to the beginning of the conversation is, yes, you're a six and ten, six and ten team. You don't deserve to make the playoffs. If you had, that's great. But the bottom line is that understand the feeling, get it and get over it, get better. And this team is going to be better. They will be better than six and ten next year. And uh, and that's that's the good thing. Now, this is a day you really it stinks as a player because you're going home. You're going home. They call it the baggy day, whatever the media calls it. But it's the day when you go into the offices and you have that last meeting with your coaches. And you have to look yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, did I do enough to be back on this team next year? Now, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of financial um, factors that come into that kind of stuff. But if you're one of those guys that are, you know, that wasn't a starter, that was a backup, you know, did you go out and do everything you could yesterday? I thought the team played very well yesterday, especially that defense. That defense yesterday was killer. Yes. They really did a good job. And, Jeff, I think to your point is good. It, you know, we were all rooting for them to make the playoffs. We wanted them to make the playoffs. We all get to cover a playoff game. I think it would have been a good experience for a lot of the young players on the team and the coach. But to Joe Judge's point, he's made this point all year, you know, you want to play better every week. You want to play good football. And heading into this last week, what was the point I made with you guys all week last week? Yeah, the playoffs are nice, but none of that matters if the team didn't play better football than they did the three weeks prior. And I think in a lot of ways they did. I think the defense played a little bit better. They held the Cowboys to just over 300 total yards. The offense did make a couple of mistakes that turned into turnovers that almost cost them this game, to be quite honest with you. But the but defense got that. 23 points, finally. Right. The defense got that one takeaway at the end to do it. And the offense had one of their, probably their best game and since that Seattle game when they ran the ball, I would imagine. They had 336 total yards. Again, nothing to write home about. But they did manage a bunch of longer drives. They had a 78-yard drive, a 50-yard drive, a 62-yard drive, and two 40-plus-yard drives. With zero, had, with zero third down conversions, by the way. Right. They only had three <laughs> three and outs the entire ball game. So the Giants offense, Jeff, was better. Was it perfect? No. Does it still need to get better? Absolutely. And then it is amazing. They went 0-7 on third down. It shows that if – and this is the, the, the theory, by the way. The best strategy for getting first downs is to avoid third downs altogether. Yeah, get them on first or second. Correct. And that's and, and that's a strategy that I actually prefer. I like to go about your business that way, but your team has to be built in the right way in order to do it in, in yeah. that manner. But, yeah, look, the Giants play better. They played a good game. They went 4-2 and two in the division, which was the first time they finished over 500 since, I think, 2016 when they made the playoffs that year. Mm-hmm. So that's a step in the right direction. Granted, it was a historically weak division, so I don't want to go too nuts about it, but – 
They played better in the final week. They beat the Dallas Cowboys. They snapped. Finally. Now they snapped losing streaks this year against both Philadelphia and Dallas. They beat both those teams when they hadn't been able to beat them much at all the past, you know, three or four years. So you finish the season as well as you could. You wish the body of work over the course of 16 games was better, so you were in a better position. But they did what they could against Dallas on Sunday. And... You know, you hit on every you hit on every point there. Um, the other thing too in the game this week, you got two really good punt returns out of Jabril Peppers. The yeah. special teams played a little bit better. I don't think they played great, but you got two big plays in my opinion. Those those twenty yard returns are two first downs. So when you look at them that way, but I think then the big picture, John, and you hit on everything. This season, being the first for this staff and this head coach, um, was all about evaluation. Was all about getting better. And you know, I hint on that every single week. I want to see improvement. I want to see improvement. I want to see improvement. Even in some of the games that the Giants didn't play well, I wanted to see improvement. Maybe collectively the improvement wasn't there as a team, but I wanted to see improvement. I saw improvement. I saw Julian Love become maybe the new next cornerback for the Giants next year. I saw improvements around the, the, the team, even though when they weren't winning games, I did see improvements in areas that I wanted to see in the development of the young players, especially this draft from last year. Look at the production that you got out of this draft in 2020, the draft picks that played this season. I think all of them played. I may be wrong. There might be one in there that didn't, but I think they all played. I think all of them did. So that's important to me, at least. Yes, and now big picture for the season because we want to get to your phone calls relatively quickly today. We know there's going to be a lot of you wanting to get in and, and, and talk with us today. So right. big picture takeaways, Jeff, from the season. I guess this is the question mm-hmm. that I'll leave for you. But first, sure. actually, I, sh- I should get your take on the game last night just very quickly. Okay. That's fine. As a former player, what were you thinking watching <sighs> that Philadelphia-Washington game? Well, first of all, I was thinking this is exactly why nobody likes that team down there. Okay. That's the first thing. Um, And going into it, nobody liked that team. Just unfortunately we had to root for them. Okay. But the second thing is, and I, I think I'm, I think I'm able to make this type of a statement because I played two, 352 games in the national football. That's why Jeff, I did not state an opinion and I'm just leaving it to you. I, I, I just, it's sickening to me because I looked at Jalen Hurts, who, by the way, I, I have so much respect for that young man from what he went through in college and how he just kind of perseveres through everything. Um, you know that Jalen Hurts would have won that game last night. I think I know he didn't play great, but I think he had a better shot than Stubfield or whatever the heck the guy's name is that came in. But for me to watch what I saw last night, you as a football player, no matter what level you're at, you're always in games to win. That is the ultimate goal. We hear it from everybody. Win, win, win. And this whole notion of tanking and all that BS, I mean, come on. You could probably do it in sports where there's a lot more than 16 games, but you can't do it in football. That is just uncalled for. And and just the reasoning behind it. And, John, to me, you knew that there was this type of – and I don't know this for sure. I'm just guessing that there was this talk before the game that something like this was going to happen. Um, and it just made me sick. It really did. It's not, it's not, it's not the place at all. And I'm not, listen, and I know that the Giants needed them to lose or the Washington team to lose and the Eagles could have won that game. I don't care about that. You know, we just talked about the Giants and you're six and 10. You don't deserve to be there. 
But the fact that what they did last night to me was just sickening. Absolutely just goes against everything that I am all about when it comes to competitiveness and winning games. Now, is that something, Jeff, that in the locker room can carry over to next year with that group of players looking at the coach and the decisions that he made in that game? I think it depends on how the coach – how, how the coach comes back and talks to his players about it. I mean, is he going to get up there and lie to them? Then there's a problem. Because what are we, we're, we're all about honesty, right? I mean, coaches want to be honest with players, and players want coaches to be honest with them. So I think it all uh, is all about the, the delivery and the approach that he does to the team. But, you know, if, that, if he gets up there and BSs the team, then that could be detrimental. Speaking of which, I guess Daniel Jones is a little bit more mobile on Sunday than he and the coaches <laughs> and let I on, love on his, over the week. And huh? I love his, his reaction or oh, his comment. I, I missed you know, it. What did he say? I missed it. Well, that. it was somebody it. asked him about that. Uh-huh. You know, hey, you know, you, you were going to be actively in the pocket, but you basically got out of there on eight plays, I think it was. And they, Daniel had, said, they had three design runs. And, and, he, and his answer was, well, that question was asked to me on Wednesday. And as the week went along, I, I felt a lot better. That's a great answer. It's a great answer. It's a great so, answer. Listen, never, never, never believe or, or just buy into a lot of the information that comes out of, you know, one Giants drive or whatever the address is over there or for any address in the National Football League for that matter. Very it's, true. it's very, very quiet, as you know, and they keep a lot of that stuff, uh, you know, tight to the tight to the vest. Okay. Great. Now let's do one big picture comment on the Giants before we get to the calls because we have a whole week to talk about this. We yeah. won't belabor the point. So they finished six and ten, Jeff. And I guess the larger question I'm going to ask to you, and I'll frame it this way: How far are the Giants away? Because they're six and ten. They started the season zero and four, went six and six the final twelve games. With that said, their wins this year came against teams that were four and eleven, seven and nine, six and ten. 4-11, and 11, and then you had the one outlier game against Seattle at 12-4. and 4. When generally they played better teams, they struggled to win those games. Again, except for that one Seattle game. Uh, they were in the game against Tampa. They were in a couple games earlier in the year. But those last three games at the end of the year against better teams, they didn't play particularly well, and they weren't really in those games in the fourth quarter. So where is this team? Mm-hmm. What do we know about them? We don't have to talk about next steps yet, mm-hmm. but just – no. How do you view this team right now, 6-10 and 10 off the season that they just completed? Well, I'll, I'll say three things. Um, first and foremost, I believe that um, when you look at all the games, with exception to a few, the team was playing every minute of the game. They, they seemed to be close. To, if They were in the games, okay? They just weren't that good to get over the top to win some of those. That's the first thing, okay, which is a positive to me. And that comes from coaching. That is 100% coaching, 100% culture changer there. Uh, The team believing in the coach, the coach believing in the players, and them all playing together. The second thing I believe is that as far as being how far away they are, a lot of the theorists around the the world seem to think that defenses win championships. I think you've got a good good conversation piece here, knowing that the defense for the Giants is much improved and it can carry this team to the playoffs next year. I would term their defense good, but not great. Do you think that's fair? They're they're good now. Yes. They're they're good. They've they've established a foundation. Yes. And I won't get into the keys, how we're going to try to keep that defense together, because that's a whole nother conversation. I think the third one is offensively. I'm trying to stay on both sides of the ball here. Yeah, of course. That uh, what did we see from the offense this year? Not much. 
Not much. I thought we saw a few things. I thought we saw Daniel Jones get a little bit better with his decision-making and, uh, and his turnovers. You know, Jeff, but, let me say this real quick on Jones. I'm sorry for interrupting you, but, uh, I, but, but, but I think it's relevant. People just look at the passing touchdowns with Jones, and they say, boy, he really had a step back. He had a bad second year. You look at the underlying numbers and the way he played. I, look, and I'm going to do a big study on that this week, mm-hmm. and we could talk about it later in the week. I didn't see it that way. I thought Jones was relatively similar to what he was last year, but he turned it over less. And to me, that's mm-hmm. a step in the right direction. It, it's also it's a definitely a step in the right direction because it was a new offense for him. And again, we go back to the COVID era with no offseason and all that stuff. But sticking on the offense, I thought you saw your left tackle get much, much, much better as the season went along. And he finished the season where everybody wanted him to start. They, they, they expected him to play that way at the beginning, okay? Um, I think the offensive line, you, you, you pretty much – I don't know if you solved it, but you basically have got an idea of who your center is going to be, okay? He probably had – of all the linemen this year, he probably played the best out of all of them, uh, Nick Gates. I would, say, new, I would say he and Zeitler had, had probably had the two best years. But, but in a new position, completely new position, um, I think that you – one of the – I would say – and I don't want to be – I don't want to dwell on this, okay, because I just think there's improvement to be made. Two things. I saw today that in the National Football League, it set a record for scoring this year. Okay, that's, my antenna is up when, you're, when your offense is scoring less than 20 points a game. Jeff, they, they, they surpassed they had 24 more points just twice all year. They didn't have one 300-yard yeah. passing game all yeah. year. It's a problem. So, that is a problem, and uh, where that root of the problem is, I think if we got deeper and deeper into it, we would find it. Um, but I feel like the receiver position, uh, the tight end position, I mean, Evan Ingram, the way that he played this season, uh, his drops and just w- costly times, those are things that have to be improved. And then I'm not even going to go with the special teams because I think it's kind of an – I think it's just it's something happened there because they were playing so good all season, and then all of a sudden – they get a lot of these young guys moved into starting positions and they've got to kind of outfit a special teams unit that hasn't played together all season. So those are my kind of ideas about the season. And I think that if anything, John, it's pointing up and I, and that's what we wanted to get out of this season. Would have been great for them to make the playoffs. Yes, but it's very unrealistic when you ask me coming into the season to ask this team if they were going to make the playoffs. Yeah. And and I will close with this to me, the Mm -hmm. biggest positive out of the season, Jeff, is that I think, you feel pretty confident about the head coach. And it was his first year as a head coach, and he showed a lot of the characteristics you want out of a guy that you didn't hire because he's some defensive guru or some offensive genius. He took on the CEO role of this team, hired a good staff, managed things, was steady, has a great attention to detail, connected with his players, and I thought was just really, really solid in the first year of his job. So I think that is the biggest positive takeaway Mm -hmm. out of this year above all else. And I'll say one thing about Joe Judge. Um, There isn't any time since the day he's been hired to today that you didn't think he was going to make a good decision. Uh, and 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 he's not fickle. He, he stands by what he says. Because all does. his decisions are informed, Jeff. He's not just making decisions. Correct. Correct. And he, by the way, and he kind of explains them to you. Oh, absolutely. So you're, not out in the, you're not out in the dark when all of a sudden you're like, why did he do that? No, there's, a, there's always a cause and effect. And he's not afraid to tell you. Okay? And, you know, sometimes it might just be coach talk. And it has to be because that's just the way the world is. Can't tell you everything. But the fact is, is that I, I like his honesty. And I think that he really means what he tells you. And I think this team respects him for that. 
and I think the organization and the fans do too. So uh, good. It's uh, it's good to see now this second year how he'll go forward. And you know, there's going to be changes. There's changes with every staff. I mean, look at today's today's Black Monday. So you know, there's a lot of things that happen, but. Um, we're not the people to sit here and tell everyone what neat changes need to be made. They will just, it's fluid. It will happen, both coaches, players, everybody, because people move on and things like that. So we'll see what happens in the future. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. Check out and introducing Money Dots, a new game from the New York Lottery where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. 973-667-1960. <laughs> As I said before, folks, I want to try to go through this uh, rapid fire today. I know a lot of people are going to want to get in and talk to us about some Giants football. So if you have a major point, let's get to that first. Uh, if you're trying to call in, we only have one line. So if it's busy, keep trying. And we don't have a call screener because I'm hosting the show. So sure. just make sure. That when you call in uh, and we ask you, you know, call or you're on the line, what's your name, where you're calling from? If you're hearing us through your phone, that means it's you. So get ready to go. All right, let's go to Joe in Pennsylvania. He's been holding since before the show started. Joe, welcome to the show. Happy New Year. What do you got for us today? Hi, Joe. Happy New Year, guys. Um, on your topics, there are the positives with the Giants. For sure, you got to look where we came from there. Uh, you know, no preseason, new coaching staff, new systems for Daniel and everything. And we caught up with the division. I, I don't care what you say. We we're six and ten. They're no better than us. Well, but Joe, we, Joe, I think the question is: Did you catch up with the, the division, or did the division fall back to you? Well, whatever it is, <laughs> you want to look. Washington's strong point. They're saying they're the be, the best defense. Well, we, we beat them twice. You know, we handled their their uh, running uh, defense there. Their rushing defense. Look at Dallas scoring thirty some points. Last week against the Eagles, did, did the Eagles score thirty some points against us? Uh, it was due to uh, a couple dropsies and a couple ref calls, or I think we would, we would have blew them out. So uh, we did catch up to them, and I and we're proud of them. We built the foundation. We do have the guys in the offensive line now that can block these guys. It's proven, you know. Here and there, Gates look great, and the tackles are catching up. What can you say? The defense is there. And you can see where we, we, we lose these games here because of our edge rushers. It, it was against running quarterbacks, and we didn't have our defensive ends in there. So we really are catching up to them. We have the foundation there to play with anybody in our division. So, And i got to say one thing here against the, the, the Philadelphia Eagles, which is now the Philadelphia Tankers, Doug Peterson. He did not make that call putting the, uh, what is it, Schofield or whatever his Sunfeld. name, in the Sunfeld. game without confronting with Jeffrey Lurie and uh, their uh, general manager there because cause of his record. So they were in cahoots, and the only reason they put him in there is they were tanking for a draft pick. So they got their sixth draft pick. So it's not remember the Alamo, remember the tankers. And payback's going to be hell. <laughs> All right, bye Joe. Bye. Hey, Joe. Thank you Good. for the call. The tankers. The there one The go. one thing I'll say is this, and yes, you have caught pace with the division as they are now, but these teams could look very different next year, too. As teams improve, the Cowboys will get Dak Prescott back. They're going to get their offensive line back, Jeff, which will change things a lot. But yes, you've caught up where you are, and I will just say this. I think, and you kind of made this point earlier, Jeff, in terms of the offensive mm -hmm. line, mm -hmm. you have an extremely young offensive line. And they got valuable playing time this year. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we know yet 
how good they're going to be, right? So you hope Matt Parrott can become a good starter. You hope Shane Lemieux can become a good starter. You hope Andrew Thomas can build on what he did at the end of the season. But do you know these things? Nobody does. I don't think you do. Yeah. So you, I think you have a young group in place that you like, that you think you can build around, and you go and you build around them. But I wouldn't consider them a really established group here that you know exactly what you're going to get out of them, if you know what I mean. I think you understand who they are. And I th also think that you have to build some depth within that offensive line because, you know, for the normal fan, if I went to you and probably all of us couldn't really name all the backups <laughs> of those guys because we didn't see any of them, you know, because they, they, you know, when you look about the offensive line this year, one thing that they did do is they stayed very healthy, um, you know, and they had that rotation with Hernandez and, and, and Matt Pert. But for the most part, the offensive line was, was pretty healthy this year. And by the way, Parrott and Hernandez didn't play at all on Sunday. They didn't rotate the linemen at all. It they was just not. the five starters. That was That's it. That's right. Yeah. So um, to your point, I think we don't know what they are, but I think we do know who they are. And so I don't know, you know how good they're ever going to be, but that's up to each one of those guys. I think every one of them have to go into the offseason understanding and after talking to their coach about what they need to improve on. Yeah. Is it somebody needs to get stronger? Is it technique? Whatever it is. But you know, there's got to be improvement across that whole line there. When I but, yeah, Jeff, you have to ask the questions too. What do you do with a couple of veterans on that line? Well, some fans are very anxious to try to move on from a couple of those vets. Mm -hmm. I think, you know – you maybe have to pause button on that a little bit. That That's going to be a tough decision, too. I, I think a lot of it is financially. Um, that's the big one. Yeah. And, you know, and, of course, you've got Nate Solder, who uh, have to see what where he is in his life as far as the opt-out. Um, and, you know, we'll see. But we don't know. We can't make that decision right now. Um, but I agree with you. We don't know how good those guys are going to be. Nobody knows how good they're going to be. You just hope that – you know, Dave Gettleman and his staff and the coaches can take a good look at it and um, and go from there. 973-667-1960. Let's go back to the phone's call. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? This is Lee from Atlanta. How you guys doing? Lee, what's good. up, man? What do you got? Hi, Lee. What's going on? I got two things. Sure. Real quick, I agree with everything you guys said. I think it was a good year. Six and ten, you don't deserve to make the playoffs. But I think we uh, we got to enjoy some competitive football because the division was so bad and that was a good bonus but at 6 and 10 we are where we're supposed to be right now. Agreed. Two things I want to say um, I think the biggest thing this offseason that I want to that I want to answer to is what are the Giants going to do with Leonard Williams? 11 sacks I think is what he had and a half. Um, at the end of the season and no one expected that at least not the, the number 11 that was more than we thought he could do but do you pay him or do you try to substitute his productivity with what Carter can do coming back or maybe B.J. Hill? Do you bring back Tom? Well, I Lee, I will say this. I will say this, Lee. There is no replacing Leonard Williams. No, if the Giants decide not to bring him back, there's no replacing him. So for, you're for gonna somebody have to, that's on the team already. Correct. Well, but yeah. if you bring in somebody as good as him, you're going to have to pay that guy anyway or that's use right. your first-round pick on him. So you're not going to find somebody to replace Leonard that'll do, that'll do what Leonard does. So you're going to have to structure your defense differently because he's a pretty unique player, you know, as a, as a top defensive tackle. And if you look, I have no idea what he's asking for. I don't know what the Giants are offering. But if you look at the top of the defensive tackle market, you look at a $20 million a year. And if, you, and, and if you're a defensive tackle and you're everyone, you are had a better year than everyone not named Aaron Donald, you know what you're going to ask for? That. 
Yeah, but you know what? I, I'll take. I'll, I will take. I will take eleven and a half, twelve sacks every single season, paying well, somebody twenty million. I'm not sure you're getting that every single year either. Well, By the way, it would have been I, nice. But if I'm going to. If I'm going to pay you twenty million, I want you to. Do, you're going right. to. You're going to need to do that. Well, me. by the way, how, how about the one play yesterday where the Cowboys just didn't block him? Oh, I know, <laughs> and right? He went right into and by the way, he was on the outside there too. I he, know he was. It's, it's yeah, so. It was My second point, really ahead, quick, guys, yeah, you got it. is um, I, Evan Ingram can't be on this football team next year. Evan Ingram just, will be on the team next year. He no, will. I can't. I, I mean, I, I get that. I get it. But he's got to find a way to trade this guy. I listen to Bob Papa, and I know Bob doesn't like the guy. If you listen to Bob on the, on the air, take subtle jabs every time this guy misses a pass or deflects off of his hands or his helmet and it's to the other team. He's inconsistent. He's tried his best, but he's he's a detriment. He does. He's he's just a detriment. they got to find a way to move on from him, trade him, third pick, fourth pick. I don't know. That's all no, I got. No. Thank you, guys. Thank okay, you, Lee. You're Appreciate the call. Right. Look, the first, they, there, there, there are too many drops. Uh, I don't think anyone... And his, drops, and his drops always seem to come at the worst times or turn into interceptions. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It no, really is it's, amazing. It's, 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 it's amazing and it's tiresome. I mean, I just, you know, we, we, but here's the thing with Evan Ingram. He's on his rookie contract, okay? Uh, you're not getting a third-round draft pick for him, John. You're not going to get a third-round draft pick for him. So They already you know, picked up his rookie option. And so he's going to be back next year, and they're going to they're work option, with him. Pardon. And they're going to develop him. And I know that you're like, well, develop him, Jeff. Well, geez, he's already been here for four years. How much more develop? You got to get better. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, you got to get better. Could you get a third rounder for him? I don't think so. That would no. be the high end, I would say. Well, because he only has one year left on his deal, so team's going to be wary, giving up too much. And unfortunately, <sighs> That's a good for question, him, Jeff. And, I don't know and, the answer to that. And I feel bad for him because you know, I made a Pro Bowl two times. And the two Pro Bowls that I made, I deserved. I, I, I deserved them. I mean, I was voted, I, and I was the top, you know, net punting that. So the numbers went with the selection. I feel bad for Evan Ingram because there's somehow always going to be an asterisk next to his Pro Bowl selection, and that's not fair to him. No, it's, it's really not. not. Especially, by the way, in a year, Jeff, where it wasn't a deal where you have, like, six guys bow because of injury, and he was, like, the sixth alternate. He, he legitimately made it. He did. He did, and he would legitimately would have made it, um, because most of the time those guys, and I, I don't know this for sure, but you know most of the time in a in a normal season, you always got the alternates, and the guys they opt out because they don't want to go, and the next guy gets it, you know. So my point is, is that he's got talent. We've talked about this enough. He's just got to be more consistent. And in a caller, he nailed it. It's inconsistency, and the inconsistent drops. The drops come at those times, like you said, John, that are just there. There's just at the wrong times, and the results of the drops—they're not just they hit the ground; they hit the other team and the and the shoulders, and they catch it. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean that that pass yesterday hit him in the face. Uh, the pass I, it, hit him in it went through his hands and hit him in the face. I know. It's, Daniel it's, Jones couldn't have thrown a better ball. He could not have thrown a better pass on the play. And real quickly, I, I thought he threw the ball extremely well yesterday. He had some really good throws. That was a hell of a throw to Pettis for that touchdown, man. Yeah. Now, you know, and that call there really saved the Giants. And, you know, reading what McCarthy had said after the game, and I, I can see, he said, you know, it was a bang-bang call, um, and they thought that the timeouts would be more valuable than, than wasting the flag and, and losing one of their timeouts. Which, by the way, it, 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 it turned out that they needed those timeouts. Do you think um, that would have been absolutely overturned? I do, because the ground helped 
to completion. Because the ball was moving from his hands to his yeah. chest when it hit the ground. And right? I'm not a great yeah. rules official, but I was just listening to the broadcast, and I and that's um, the what's his name Pereira. Fox. Yeah, Pereira. Pereira. So the, mm-hmm. he was the you know, absolutely would have been overturned. So I gotta guess I gotta go with him. He's the expert. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't think it was quite as obvious. Then again, you know me. I'm working in the booth at that time. Yeah, I don't have a chance to stare to at the see. replay. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, yeah. I thought it was bang, bang. Another play, too, the the Ezekiel Elliott run uh, where he kind of ran through Bradbury for the mm-hmm. first down. His knee hit down, too, before. Before the first down. Marker. Yeah, but yeah. that was another one that was really tough to see on replay, I thought. You really had to slow it down to see it. Anyway. I'll tell you one thing about that guy. And I, a lot of people don't like Ezekiel Elliott, but he's he's always 100%, and he, he's, a, he's a tough runner. He really is. Well, he, he's really become more of a power runner now, right? He yeah. doesn't make those big runs anymore, but mm-hmm. if you need a guy to run through contact to gain a couple yards... Give it to the other guy. Yeah, exactly. 973-667-1960. Let's go back to the phones. Cole, you're on the air. What's your name and where are you calling from? Guess who? <laughs> this is Charlie. Charlie from, from Maine. Charlie, go we, ahead. We know Charlie. <laughs> hey, a couple things. Uh, for well, one be thing, quick. Um, we're, we're, we're trying to be fast. Yeah, here, I, yeah I know. I know. you got a rapid fire. I heard you. Hey, um, four and five got people into the playoffs back in the uh, when they had the strike. So uh, there were teams actually worse than six and ten. You realize four and five is a better record than six and ten, right? I don't want to get into percentages with you in math, but four and five is a better record than six and ten, Charlie. <laughs> yeah, but it's not very good. No, but it's not six and ten. <laughs> No, that's true. That's true. All right. I'll give you that one, John. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Math, math wins. Go ahead, Charlie. What's your second point? You What's coming up uh, um, to me is like what I think is next year we're going to find out about Jones, and we're also going to find out about Judge. Sometimes I think Judge thinks toughness is talent, but it's two different things. He thinks if a guy's tough, then that that means everything. But you got to have talent, and uh, toughness is a character issue, uh, state. But you got to have talent. Sure. And I think sometimes he judges toughness as talent. Can you give you know, an example, example of, of why you think? that? Yeah, Lemieux. He's terrible. His 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 rate of blocking is like was under twenty was twenty nine from uh, PFF, and uh, he was horrible in run blocking, horrible in pass blocking, but. Judge likes him because he's tough. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. That guy should have never even been playing. Uh, Will Hernandez should have been playing. Charlie, in fairness, him. Will Hernandez was not playing well when he was taken out of the lineup. Yeah, well, he was. this guy's playing worse. This guy was playing a lot worse, but he's tough, so we stuck him in there. But anyway, and next year I'm looking at our schedule. Looking at our schedule right now, I know you don't know what's going to happen and who's the players and somebody could be out injured. I, I don't see us better than 5-11, and 6-10 and 10 again. We're playing Kansas City. We're playing Denver. We're playing Saints. We're playing Tampa Bay. We're play- I mean, the schedule is a really tough schedule next just year. Just for the record, so, Joey, just, just uh, yeah. you know, finish your call and then I'll give it. Go ahead. All right. No, so that's what I'm just saying. It's a tough record. So to me, if Judd, if we don't have a winning record next year, then he's a total failure as a coach. No, 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 I, no, all right. Well, then you're wrong, but that's okay. So you say the schedule is impossible, Charlie, and I want to move on. You say the schedule is really hard; and it's impossible. But then in the same sentence, you say if they don't go over 500, the coach is a failure. I mean, come on. I'm not taking that call today. Sorry, we have too much stuff going on. Um. 
opponents. Here we go. Home next year. And Which, get, by the way, I looked at these. The home opponents, they're not that bad. And, and, and you can find the opponents on Giants.com. Dan Salomon put up an article this morning. God, Dan must work every hour of the day. I don't know how he puts all this stuff out. But, yeah, you're right. The, the road is another story. We'll talk mm-hmm. about that in a second. <laughs> but at home, you have Atlanta, who, I don't know, could they go through a big rebuild this year? I don't know. We'll see about Carolina, who their quarterback's going to be. The Raiders, the Broncos, the Rams. And then the three division teams. So you have three teams there where you don't even know who the quarterback's going to be next year, depending on what you think about Derek Carr and Matt Ryan. So you're right. The home schedule is not bad. Now when you take to the road, that might be a problem in some of these spots. You're at Kansas City. (laughs) You're at New Orleans. A a, a road trip I'm going to enjoy. I'm not sure. You know, We'll see who the quarterback is for the Saints, by the way, if Mm -hmm. Breeze retires, if they win it all. You're at Tampa. Hi, Tom Brady again. You're at Chicago. Again, not a fun place to play. And then you're at, I was going to say San Diego, but I'm not going to. Then you're at L.A. to take on the Chargers. Well, by the way, you just just mentioned the first four were playoff teams this year. Yes, and then you're playing at the Chargers with a really good, what's going to be second-year quarterback. quarterback. You're going to have a second-year coach. You're going to have a new coach there. And then you have your three division teams on the road. So, Mm -hmm. You're right. The, the the road teams, Jeff, is tough sledding. The home teams, though, you, you should be able to find some wins in there. Yeah, maybe you win five at home and three or four on the road, get you eight, nine wins. But again, I think it depends who your quarterbacks are for those teams, too. You know, so early, you know, I'm not, we're not yeah, having this conversation. No, 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 we're not. We're not. We're not. We're not. We're not, we're not going we're down not, the rabbit we're hole. Not, we're not. We're not. 973 667 1960. Folks, I want to remind you that. The New York Giants and Quest Diagnostics want our fans to come back stronger than ever. Now you can order your own lab test through Quest Direct to get the health answers you need most. Caller, you're on next. What's your name? Where you call it from? Hey, it's Dave from Cranford, Jeff. and uh, Hi, Dave. John. Hey, Dave. How, how are you guys? Good. Good. Hey, 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 guys. You know what? I, I mean, there's just 12,000 different things to talk about, and, and I, I think you guys have covered a lot of them, but, you know, I, I just want to say this, and, and, and I think this is where I'm at today after a very unique Sunday by any stretch of the imagination. And that is, you know, I really think that it's ironic to sit sit here and say, in the NFC East, I feel like within a year, we've become the most stable franchise um, in, in a very short period of time. And, and I think... Number one, that has a lot to do with Joe Judge, um, and and you know it's it's not just the fact of of his his approach, but it's the fact that he knows how to build a coaching staff, and so even if there are changes, he's going to make them um, within a certain framework that I think we've all become accustomed to. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of questions that we had going into this season that have been answered this year and and some of them I think are not as obvious I mean you know we're not talking about drafting a center for instance you know yeah. why because I think Nick Gates is 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 on on the verge of of becoming one of the better centers in the league and setting a tone for the for the offense I think of all um, the players this year that really established themselves from the young players we talked about before the year Dave I, I think Gates is probably the one that did the best job. To be honest with you, I'm with you. There's no question, John. There's no, and and by the way, in an offensive line, 
um, who sets the tone and 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 the progress he's. I mean, think about the progress he's made from game one to game sixteen, and and now give the guy a legitimate off season. You know, I I mean, I think I think he has a real chance to become a player, and I give the Giants credit for seeing that and locking him up. You, or or you know, I mean, locking him up sounds terrible, but you know, <laughs> signing him to a reasonable contract. Yeah. At a time that you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he he would have got a better contract. You know, today. No, look, Dave, I'm with you. I, I think I think Gates has done a really good job, and it's funny going into the year. I think we thought the guard position was one that had the least questions, and I think now heading into next year, that might be the position that has the most questions, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is the funny part of the whole conversation, right? It it, it, it really it really is. It just shows and, you when. By the way, this shows you. By the way, when you talk about in the draft, oh well, we don't have needs here, we have needs there. That's why you just pick the best guy. That's because why you, you can't pick by need. Because you can't you, do that. You never know where the needs are going to be when the year changes. I, I I couldn't agree with you more. But but at the end of the day, you know, look, we we all liked Joe Judge's opening press conference. But you know what? The guy delivered on everything he said in that press conference. Mm-hmm. And 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 I think you know I you know not for nothing. But there's a lot of questions about what the hell's going on in in sorry in in Philadelphia with Peterson. What what his motivation is? There's a lot of questions about Dallas and and what their head coaching is. You know, I, I, ironically, I was kind of happy for Ron Rivera and and the and Alex Smith just because every time the guy would get sacked, I would cringe and and you know the guy was running around on one leg so. You know, and we beat them twice. We went four and two in the division, which, which is a which is a good sign. You know, going forward, we need to. We I I think next year we can go five and one. Um, but but nonetheless, I think the thing that's interesting to me for the Giants is that the needs are more specific this year. You know, and and I think they're more manageable. Meaning, I think they're more obvious. You know, a number one receiver, you know, an edge rusher, you know, a number, you know, an, a cornerback to, to complement the secondary. But it's, it's um, you know, it's a lot more manageable. So I'm, I'm choosing today, maybe this is a little bit of like, you know, mental accounting for me. I'm choosing today to focus on, on those things um, mm-hmm. in terms of, of where we are because, because I think those things are real. Um, and, and I, and I really, I really believe that. Um, and, and, you know, you know, now at the end of the day, I don't want to dismiss the fact that what the Eagles did, you can't do in the NFL. You can't, you you just simply can't do that. You, you, You know, Minnesota and Detroit played a very competitive game that meant nothing. How about the Texans against Tennessee? Great game. Yeah. You, you, you can't do. You you cannot treat a game in the NFL like it's 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 the it's week four and and I don't week know week four of a preseason game get, that's what they were right that's the, the week that's four what of the preseason thank yeah. you thank you Jeff yeah. I'm sorry of week four and I don't know if, Jeff, if if he's trying to get fired that's one thing but you I don't understand can you guys tell me right now 
who was the ninth pick versus the sixth pick yeah. in the draft last year. Yeah. I mean, it's only I three mean, spots, you, and those three spots in the NFL draft, if you're not looking for a quarterback, are just not that important. They're not. You, the only important thing is trading it. Reason. The only one is trading it. That's the only importance to that. If you're nine yeah. and six, you know, if you're the sixth pick, it's a little more. It's more valuable. Thank you, Dave. So, you know, you can get a little bit more for a six and a nine, but that's it. I, I mean, come on. And by the way, we all know that this draft thing is not a perfect science. Oh, it's the, <laughs> it's the furthest thing from a perfect science So, I mean, is. we all put so much – well, we don't all. But the people put so much credence in that stupid draft picks and where they're at. Just go down the line and look at the last – we'll just say look at the last five years and go to the top ten and you tell me how many of those guys are still in the league. Right, that you were so worried about picking ninth over six, uh, just to be able to. But but Dave is right you, for what they did in that game, and you made a great comparison. I'm watching a a Houston's uh, Texans game last night against the Titans, who the Titans, well, you know what they they got to win to get in. And so what I'm thinking here is, this, what do the what do the Houston team have to play for? They have nothing to play for, okay? But they they're playing to beat this team to keep them out. That's what the Eagles should have done last night. And talk about division rivals. Yeah, you're playing a division rival. What, what, what better to keep them out of the playoffs? The game that you're currently playing against. Get them out of the playoffs. Okay, somebody's got to make the, the playoffs in the division. You know, so it's the Giants. Big deal. I'm going to try to beat the division rival that I'm playing in this game for 60 minutes that night. But they didn't do that. You could tell I'm a little I'm a little PO'd at this thing. Well, Jeff, <laughs> I, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised that you are. Nearly every single ex player I've talked to it feels the same exact way. Good. I, I'm glad they I'm glad they do because it's the one the one guy that doesn't is Jeff Schwartz on Twitter. So you can let that <laughs> Well, he's a little bit strange anyway, so <laughs> <laughs> But oh, well. bottom line, by the way, for the folks out there, and I guess I should have brought this up when I off the top, but I didn't. Uh, the Giants are selecting eleventh in the NFL draft this year. The Cowboys are selecting 10th, and then Washington will be selecting uh, 19th is the lowest that they could possibly pick. Uh, the highest, rather, they could possibly pick. Mm-hmm. But if they figure out a way to beat Tampa in that first round, good luck, uh, they, they would drop all the way down to 25. So that's kind of where the and of the Eagles obviously are sick. So that's where those NFC East teams have fallen in terms of draft order. And no matter where you're picking in the first round, if you pick the right guy, there's going to be a great player there for you to pick if you pick the right guy. So that's really the most important thing. That's right. Yep. 973-667-1960. Giant fans get a New York Giants checking account from Investors Bank with the Giants branded debit card, security features, and discounts at the Giants online shop. You can earn up to $250 when you open an account at InvestorsBank.com slash Giants. Member FDIC. Back to the phones. Cole, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Keith Brown. Cranford. Keith, what's up? Hey, I just thought I'd tell you, you guys have been doing a good job, and I really do appreciate listening to you. Well, thank thanks you. for calling in and listening, Keith. What's yeah. up? And I would say that uh, I, I think they made progress, and that's what I'm going to say. I, I don't really feel – I feel that we have a good coach. I feel that we have a good quarterback. We need some more weapons in our queue, so to speak. Well, Keith, I'll put it this way. I think you feel better about the team on January 4th, 2021 than you did on January 4th, 2020. Absolutely. And I, I like the fact that they were at least in the – in we had something to watch for. <laughs> Even though I didn't, yeah. I, I, they torture me the way when they play the way they do. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it yeah. just uh, – you know, they could – I just wanted to be able to start closing out things and not letting them back in for free, you know, and all this stuff. But little mistakes just really turn games around. 
when they shouldn't have to. Hey, look, we got to watch meaningful competitive football for four months in a football season. I'll take it. It's something we haven't been. We haven't been able to see that a lot the last eight next, next season, that's the main thing, is keep on stepping forward. And I think Judge will do that. Yeah, because look, next year, Keith, and, and, and thanks a lot for the call. I appreciate it. If you want to be competitive in the for the playoffs and for the NFC East title next year, you got to win nine or ten games. Okay? Look at the AFC. The Dolphins won 11, and they didn't get in. Mm-hmm. The Bears won, what, eight this year, right? And they got in, the Bears? They won they eight? They did get in, yeah. So, I think they were nine. And look, you can't count on that. You can't. No. But it was a weak conference this year. The AFC was the better conference. I think we all know that. I think it's pretty obvious, right? So, well, yeah, you, I, next I year, you, if you want to feel good about the playoffs, with nine or ten games. So that, well, And that's a, and look, you went from four to six from last year to this year. Now jump from six to nine next year and yeah, see where you wind up. That was up. my question to you. Yeah. Do you see this team going three three wins more next year? I, I can see that. I think I, it. I think it depends on if they could figure out a way to score more points, Jeff. And I think this is the trick, right? Well, and we don't want to get too deep into the off season here because we have a whole lot of time to talk about that. But if you use a lot of your resources to bring back the guys on defense, and they already extended Logan Ryan, you have Leonard Williams and Dalvin Thomas and his free agents. Fackrell. If you know Fackrell's another guy. If you bring all those guys back, do you have enough resources left over to improve the offense to the point where you're going to be able to score 24, 25 points per game? Does Barkley coming back give you that big of a boost? Do you pick a guy in the first round that gives you that big of a boost? Can you sign a a big-time wide receiver in free agency? Maybe you really like Allen Robinson, who I think is an interesting guy to keep an eye on. You know, those are all different things that you can kind of keep in mind. Or another big wide receiver. I want to single him out. Any big wide receiver that's a free agent that the team might want to go after. You know, can you make enough additions on offense where your offense gets good enough to catch up with your defense? And then you can really start having a conversation about if this team can win nine or ten games. This, to me, all depends on finance uh, as far as how you're going to go about what you just said. You know, you can find a good receiver in – the market on free agency for less than you're going to pay a defensive end. That's for sure. So, you know, I think financially it's going to dictate it. Um, you and my, the best way to find a good, a good player is to go through the draft because they don't cost you a lot of money, you know? And there's um, going to be a good receiver there. At there's going to be a good receiver there. So I'm all for, I know you are. Jeff's all pumped up. Last year was the center. This, <laughs> this year, Jeff's all but, about wide receiver, but, baby. But here's the, the term I'm going to use with you, John. It's fiscal responsibility. <laughs> I, okay. So there's going to have to be some of that, but there's also, I, I don't know what the word is I'm going to use with the draft. Just be smart. Okay. You don't have to go get that first rounder and I, I, you don't need to. I, I feel there's going to be a lot of them, so you can still. And the Giants are now going to be picking. What'd you say, 11th? So they're going to be 11th pick in the second round. That's still a pretty good pick. Oh yeah. You know, so I know we're we're getting out of our our little zone here, but that'll be the uh, 43rd overall pick, by the way. The 43rd. So yes. is there a receiver in in college football, you know, worthy of a 43rd pick? Absolutely. Or would it be 44th? It might be 44th. I'm Either sorry. one. They're 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 there. They're there. So. 973-667-1960. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game for the New York Lottery where you play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. <laughs> you still haven't changed that read, have you? Oh, it's not going anywhere. 
<laughs> Win Paulie Dot's money. Let's go. <laughs> well, when Dot can read that read. It'll, it'll be like be... nickels, quarters, and dimes at his This pocket. is my read. This is all about me. <laughs> all right. Let's go back to the phones call. You're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hello. 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 Yes, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, this is Stanley. I'm calling from Neptune, New Jersey. Stanley, what's up, man? What do you got? <laughs> I got a question, man. Sure. Doing this offseason, is there a way the Giants are going to get rid of Evan Ingram and get a top you know, free agency in free agent? A top and free plus, agent where? At, uh, at what position? Like, do you think they're going to dr- get someone like Allen Robinson or Galladay that's from the Lions? Mm-hmm. Look, they will have the ability. Well, again, it depends where the salary cap winds up, Stanley, and that's really the trick. We don't know what the league financials are going to be because there are no fans in the stands. So the salary cap can be anywhere from 175 to $200 million. That's a big, big move, depending on how much money the league brought in this year. So we'll have to wait and see where that cap comes in. If it comes in closer to 195 which is where it was around this year, you're going to have the ability to not just re-sign your guys, but also bring in an additional player from the outside. So the answer is yes. As for Evan Ingram, uh, Jeff and I can't really speak to that. He's under contract for next year on his fifth-year option of his rookie deal. So that's kind of where they stand. But if that cap comes in high enough, they will have some money to be a little bit aggressive in free agency if they choose to. Okay. So now do you think the Giants are going to re-sign Nate Soldier um, next next offseason? Well, he's still under he's contract. He's yeah. under contract, and the trick is that you can let him go if you want, but you, the cap savings are, are fairly minimal. So that's the calculations the Giants are going to have to make if they decide they want to keep him or let him go. You know, is his presence on the roster worth whatever the cap savings are would be if they let him go? Oh, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to say too. I feel like the Giants had a great off. I mean, the Giants had a great season this year. Even though, you know, I would have loved to see him make the playoff. But I like the direction that the organization is heading into because we were competitive in every game and we beat Dallas. And, you know, we was one game short from the playoffs. But it, it still was a good season, though. But, you know, I want to thank you guys and, and bye-bye. All right, Stanley. You're welcome. Good stuff. Thank appreciate you. you calling in. Thank well, you thank for you. listening. Thank yeah. you for calling, bud. And all the fans out there, appreciate you supporting us all year long. So, you know, it's always fun to have you guys on and, and talking about this sort of stuff. But I and think it's Stan- great to have new callers. And yes. We appreciate that. Absolutely. And Jeff, and I think the point that he made is, is the most important one. I think this is the kind of the underlying conversation we've been having throughout the entire show mm-hmm. is that there was progress this year. Yeah. Maybe not as much as you would have liked in terms of the record. Well, you know, you would have liked to jump to seven or eight this year instead of just to six. But you see where there's room for improvement and the direction they're heading. If they're able to get there, we'll have to see. We mm-hmm. don't know for sure. But I think you feel good about the direction they're heading. But, John, I mean, you and I have been on this show for years now. And uh, how many times have we sat in this same position? Yep. When the, when the season is over, fielding, we're like, you know, we need, we need a shield. I mean, talking about the Giants, you know, how frustrated everybody's been. And this this has been a very positive, uh, I guess, calls today about the, the, you know, the future of the Giants. And that's and that doesn't come from just us pushing the topic. It's that's from you guys seeing what's gone on for the season and understanding where this team is going and being kind of being happy with Joe Judge and the way that things have gone. So that's a good thing. It really is. It's delightful, as you said. <laughs> I, I, I didn't realize I say delightful. I say delightful. Once in a while. 
No, no you don't. No, I, I really didn't mean don't. you. No. That's what I said. Okay. Delightful. It's delightful. Nine seven three six six seven nineteen sixty. Cole, you're on the air. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's Scott from New Mexico. Scott, what's Hi, Scott. Uh, I'm going to politely disagree with both of you in regards to the Philadelphia game. I think if Nate Sudfeld doesn't play, the Giants are in the uh, playoffs. Oh, I, I, I don't. I don't think either one of us said oh, otherwise, Scott. I'm totally oh, okay. with you there. I just wanted to make sure. No, no, no. Uh, Nate Sudfeld's quarterback rating was two point four. Yeah, that's not good. And by the way, just as a joke, is there anything more fitting to represent the NFC East than that Gallman fumble at the end of the Giants game and <laughs> that and and that fumbled snap from Sudfeld at the end of the or from Alex Smith at the end of that Washington game? Right. Like these teams, exactly. like they're winning and they still can't get out of their own ways in a lot of ways, right. you know? So, uh, and I know there'll be a lot of sour grapes as talk to Jim Schwartz who's going to leave. And uh, I listened to the press conference with Doug Peterson, and it was kind of shameful. And it's a stain on the NFL uh, to have a game like that on Sunday night. But my main question is this, and uh, I think you were just most of the points, but I want to ask sort of a loaded question, and hopefully you can provide an answer. Yeah. If you have players like Dalvin Tomlinson and Leonard and Williams, which are really well the catalyst of the defensive line, I know Dexter Lawrence played well as well, but those are the guys right now you have to worry about. If you were a player, maybe Jeff can answer this, you are offered a ton of money uh, to go to another team. What do you think those two guys are going to do? Because uh, your NFL life is short anyways, and if you're offered a ton of money, does that destabilize what the Giants are going to do? Because, in essence, they've lost two coaches, and they're probably going to lose a third. I think Patrick Graham is going to be offered a head coaching position because of the job he did in Miami and, of course, the job he did in New York. By the way, Scott, just for the record, um, Jay Glazer had a long list on Fox yesterday of the guys Uh that are being pursued for head coaching positions, and Graham was not on that list. So I guarantee you he will be one of the guys pursued. What he did in Miami and New York, or what the players he had is remarkable. And I, w- I would find it almost unbelievable that he will not be uh, be given or an opportunity to, to interview with somebody. I think he's almost but, like Eric Bieniemy. He's, al- he's not there yet, and I think he still needs a little bit of time. But, you know, if he does, well, great. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, but yeah. again, going back to my main question, yeah. if those guys – What's the incentive for them to say? Because if you're still in a rebuilding scenario, do they want to stick around for that, or do they want this to? This is an to easy. This is an easy to... answer, Scott. This okay. is a, this is an easy answer. Go ahead, Jeff. Sure. And and I will tell you that you know I I'm not going to guarantee the percentage, but I'm it's in the high 90s that okay. you go where the money's at. Okay. Right. Um, and here's the thing, there there are other things that come into effect. And by the way, this this came into effect with me, but I was an older player. I had kids at school. I had things like that that I had to take into consideration. But most of these guys, it's about the money, okay? And it's about where, you know, if you have more than one, that's all you need, okay? So you can kind of play them against each other. How do those guys stay here? They got to really right. like it, and they got to, they, and they've already had a year under the new coach. So you have an idea what the culture is going to be like and the winning, maybe. So maybe they'll take a little bit, but for the most part, Scott, it's all about the money. Okay. Well, I appreciate. It. I want to let you get to some other questions. But thank you, Scott. For the answer, thank you, Scott. But thanks you know, and I, what I will tell you, John, real quickly, that that I, that is not a hundred percent. There are some guys that will disagree with me there. And they will say, you know what, it's not all about the money for me. I, I like it here. I'm willing to take way less to stay here. But I tell you this, 
that situation normally happens when guys are a little bit kind of at the end of their career and they're free agents and they and the team comes to them and says hey you want to stay here we'll pay you this and the guy says yeah I'll just stay here I'm willing to take a little bit less but when you're a top-notch free agent like Leonard Williams who's gonna who's coming off of a franchise tag it's gonna be a lot of money when guys are coming off that rookie contract they're looking to get that that's right yeah and you just so hope you can get one more after that right Um, but that's the big one in that fourth or fifth year when you're coming off of that rookie contract, you want to get that one. Now, you know, Leonard Williams is not coming off of a rookie contract. He's coming off of a show-me deal, right? We're going to franchise you. Show me what you can do. He went out got an 11 half sacks. That's going to get him a lot of money. Yeah, no question about it. I'm with you 100%. I hope Jeff. he stays here because I just feel like, I feel like he fits here. I think he belongs here. I think the team loves him. The, the fans love him. The organization loves it. And I think he likes it here. So I just hope there's a way that he could stay. All right, I got one more call, Jeff. I know it's 1 yep, o'clock, but, that's let's, okay. but let's squeeze him in. Cola, yeah. you're on the line. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hi, it's John from Staten Island. John, uh, what's up? Hi. Uh, um, I just, first of all, I wanted to mention that my bold prediction back in the beginning of September was that the Giants uh, knocked the Cowboys out of the playoffs on the left. Nice! Season, it hit! Which, which came true, so I was very happy about that. Um the other thing is I'm much more positive on this team than, than some of your other callers today. Uh, absolutely first and foremost priority for this year was getting a coach we can believe in, and, mm-hmm. and we've got our guy. Um, second was we had spoken back in August about Daniel Jones reducing his turnovers maybe by half. I think if you take away the Evan Ingram tip ball drills, uh, he's probably done that. Yeah, his his, his turnover worthy took... plays, John, went from a, went basically got cut in half. Right, and mm-hmm. and uh, you and I had that conversation back in August about wouldn't it be great if they were cut in half? Yep. The other thing I know I think is that the five players that are going to be on your offensive line and could be at least a middle of the league offensive line are on your team now. Where you hope last so. year at this time. Well, last year at this time, we didn't have any. We, 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 didn't, we didn't have a single one. Andrew Thomas, left, guard, left tackle for sure. Uh, could you improve at guard? Probably, but that's what the draft is for. But we don't need a guy that's going to have the pressure of you, you were a number 43 pick, so you have to start day one and you got to play like an all-pro day one. We don't have that pressure anymore because this, this line can be competitive. Um, at least against most teams. Um, and I'm also I'm done with Evan Ingram. I think he's the Reuben Randall of his day. Um, That's right. That's right. I used to watch. For those who remember Reuben Randall. <laughs> I, I, um, I, I, Reuben Randall, one year must have cost Eli Manning seven or eight interceptions because he ran the wrong route or he tipped the ball up. And that's kind of the way I feel about Ingram. Some players can play big in big spots, and some players play little in big spots. And, you know, this is a problem. So I I, I do agree that because he's still under his rookie contract that he comes to camp next year. And But I think we're on a pretty short leash. I think I think he's got to start catching the ball. Um but aside from that, I'm really positive about the team. Um, I, I was kind of interested that Jason Garrett wasn't also mentioned in that list of possible coaching uh, candidates. Um, but I believe in Judge. I believe that he'll pick the right, the right coaches. I think we need a new offensive line coach uh, maybe to bring the guys along. But 
this year in the draft, we're picking players that don't have to come in and be stars on day one. And I good think point. that's a whole better position mm-hmm. than we were in before. Nah, good stuff, John. Appreciate the call, my friend. Yeah, thank you, John. Okay, take care. Thank yep. you. You too, buddy. Appreciate the call. That's a good point. And, and that means a lot, too. And I think one of the calls earlier was kind of going to that way, too, that you know, this year, now that we, you know, it's more identified. We kind of understand where some of our needs are, the Giants' needs, and that they don't have to have a lot of pressure to try to fill those through the draft and have them come in here and be immediate starters. Would it be nice? Yeah. I think still the cornerback to me is the big one. I still think that the Giants need they need a guy over there. They need a number two corner to compliment James Bradbury in a bad way. All right, Jeff. Good stuff, my friend. We have all offseason to talk about all yep. this stuff, folks. So make sure you stick yep. with us. We'll be with you every day at noon throughout the entire offseason. Make sure you hang with us. Big Blue Kickoff Live is presented by the New York Lottery. Introducing Money Dots, a new game for the New York Lottery where you can play for your chance to win money on the dot. Please play responsibly. And this is part of the this show is part of the Giants Podcast Network, which is presented by Investors Bank. The archive is on Giants.com slash podcast, the Giants mobile app, and all your favorite podcast platforms. For Jeff Eagles, I'm John Schmoke. Tomorrow it's Meadow and Detino at noon on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Jeff, have a great day. We'll talk to you later in the week. You too, John. Thank you. Stay safe, everybody.